1: welcome to another episode of the shape of oak podcast joining me today on the show is ashish anand ashish is heading digital marketing and strategy at oyo welcome to our show ashish
0: hi hi uh, it's great to be here
1: yeah thank you our pleasure to just have you today okay ashish generally for the benefit of uh, our listeners we have a practice of uh, 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 requesting our speakers to just walk them uh, through on their career journey so that uh, somewhere they can relate it to, to that. Can I request you to just walk uh, us through on your uh, career path?
0: So uh, I have close to eight years of work experience, more than eight years now. And uh, throughout my career journey, and uh, my career started with uh, one of the IT companies. And prior to that, in terms of education, I did my engineering uh, and then my MBA from IIM Calcutta. Yes. And particularly, I would say, uh, post my engineering, I went for my MBA directly after college and okay. uh, attempted CAT in 2010. And then okay. I passed out from IM Calcutta in 2013. Okay. And post that, uh, I have worked in very different uh, profiles across different companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly, uh, large. I've worked across large structured companies as well as startups also in varied roles and right from marketing to mm-hmm. business development, uh, margin and acquisition at some point of time. And last four years, it has been into uh, digital uh, marketing, SEO, and all uh, everything to do with online mm-hmm. marketing. Right. And uh, in terms of organizations, I've worked across both large organizations, very mm-hmm. early-stage startups, okay. late-stage startups, and... Uh, And that, I would say, that has given a lot of learning in terms of how uh, large organizations are more process-oriented, startups are more very fast-paced, and uh, during that course of fast-paced development, how do we imbibe our learning uh, of knowing the process and setting a process in startup is where your uh, learning curve is steep. Second is your people are measured more on execution capability and ability to implement things and see the success of it. Whereas, okay. in, whereas in large organizations, it is more like you flow with the process Okay. and first year you have to understand the process systems and then move ahead. And then that is where in, in long term, you grow in careers in large companies also, but there the trajectory is much more defined and, uh, much more uh, I would say structured
1: yeah okay so uh, during our uh, in your brief introduction you uh, said about you very work in varied domains and varied uh, technologies as well and different companies so in your uh, experience uh, Ashish during your career path uh, okay uh, having worked in different domains do you share your experiences working with uh, uh, leading multiple uh, teams and also the best way uh, for a people manager to ensure maximum productivity of its employees
0: so uh, all of us i mean including myself we start our careers as individual contributors and the first thing that we learn as individual contributors is learning to execute yes. learning to things ourselves and getting skilled in that and okay. story does not end there i mean after i think uh, first four years of my career I was an individual con- contributor I would rather say four and a half years mm. and and last mm. uh, approximately four years again I have been managing teams okay so the first and the foremost learning that came is while you are managing team while you are uh, actually training people to move forward in their careers move forward in their roles in their in their professional journey. You should be someone whom they, whom your team looks up to. Yes. When I say looks up to, not in terms of uh, uh, personally, but professionally. Whenever they get stuck, whenever they get uh, they get uh, they do not know a way out of the problem, uh, a manager should be more like a problem solver to them. Yeah. The second is training people, mm-hmm. being on the top of things. I have been in digital, and digital is ever evolving field compared to any of the other fields when it comes to offline. And and I think right now we with, uh, with, with COVID and what has happened over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. uh, the shift of user from offline to online has become quite flagrant in, mm-hmm. in all possible ways, in all channels, wherever we can see. Yeah. And digital calls for everybody to be on the edge and learn, be, be I mean, adapt an attitude of constant learning. Hmm. And when I say adapt an attitude of constant learning, so managers and people managers are not just people managers, they are hmm. skill managers as well. Right. Typically, uh, when we look at large organizations like Google, Microsoft, their uh, their team managers are also expected to code when it comes to coding. Right. Similarly right. in marketing, I mean, the, the person who is managing a team yes. should know how to manage all digital platforms. Should know how to run run advertising, and so that is where uh, I think uh, the bug starts, and that is where the ball starts to roll. And second is one is this is on the part of skill. Second, in terms of people management, uh, uh, the way the way to the way to best manage people is uh, being more of a say not a, not just being a thought leader but a leader who actually does things himself, shows his team how to do it, and then handholds them them to do things the right way and then makes them independent. So exactly. these are like the four uh, four things that, that should be there. And and key things that, that a manager should focus on uh, in terms of developing their people is making them more cognizant about having attention to detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, having uh, being uh, more uh, uh, being self-motivated and the third is being analytical yeah all these three things combined when it comes to training people developing the right set of people is the right recipe to develop successful teams Mm -hmm. and and fourth is of course having a a personal connect I mean beyond everything ultimately we are managing people Right, and right. Uh, having a personal connect, having knowing your people better, knowing them personally is right. one. I would uh, always suggest for any manager or any people leader to come up with. And that is how uh, you, you can actually motivate people and uh, push them to achieve an extra mile in their careers and, and in their professional lives.
1: Correct, correct. So there is a saying, right? Okay, a leader always have to lead by an example. Yes. Okay. So definitely if a leader can lead by example, because like what you rightly said, the, the team actually looks up to the uh, manager and then that manager has to be well-versed. It, it's, it's a task. Definitely. Yes. It's a challenge. Definitely. Yes. But they have to be well-versed in that. That is where uh, the, the team actually gains confidence on the manager. And yep. last you also said that, okay, they should have that good relationship. But that empathy is what actually that matters. Yes. To, the, uh, to, the, to the team because they always should get that confidence okay if there's anything uh, my manager's approachable kinds
0: yeah not just approachable i mean knowing uh your team personally that yes, is that yes. matters more than anything else right. i mean outside of work there are 10 other things and that is what building a connect when we when you have a connect there are times i mean you don't have to manage people you don't have to manage their work you don't have to manage the outcomes you just mm-hmm. manage the input matrix and the outcomes are self-driven.
1: Yes, yes. Yes, well said, Ashish. Okay, Ashish, you just shared an article, right, on uh, danger of uh, hiring for uh, culture fit. So mm-hmm. in your opinion, do you feel that the term cultural fit has been uh, misinterpreted in uh, for a long time? And also, I was just thinking that, okay, how would you personally define it? Uh, and what are some of the major misconceptions uh, about the term cultural fit?
0: So one of the key things that I would say, I mean, I worked in different industries. I worked in manufacturing. I worked in mm-hmm. online and uh, I worked in distribution and then IT outsourcing. Mm-hmm. Culture is defined by people and culture is defined by people who work in any organization. There is nothing called an organization and culture. So yeah. it is always defined by the people who work there. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to cultural fit, um. I don't think there is. Uh, I mean, this has been misinterpreted quite, quite by many hiring managers. I mean, I would not say hiring managers because hiring managers are most mostly business guys, and they would look for more technical and skill set fit rather than a person on the softer aspect of things. Okay. Actually, when it comes to startup, people look for hustlers hmm. who are jack of all trades and and yes. a time in the beginning. But whenever startups to startups to start to grow bigger, deeper in their business, then they look for subject matter experts. Then yes. they, they do away with jack of all trade thing. Correct. And whereas when we look at so cultural, fit, so therefore it cannot be an organization wherein a cultural fit is defined at the beginning and it remains as is. I Correct. mean, if, if we were to look at any of the startup ecosystem, because this is what, this ecosystem has developed in front of our eyes. Correct. I mean okay. we saw these companies start, we saw these companies um make start from zero revenue to build billions of revenues. And okay. some companies became profitable even like InfoEdge. Yes. And so there I think on day zero, we yes. every founder, every startup expects a person to roll up the roll up his sleeves, get into the mud, get everything done. Right. Then Day, day one today, I think nth day when, when the business becomes larger. So it is more like they want to have an inch wide, mile deep strategy. Earlier, it is more about breadth. When you have spread out, then then you get into the depth. And that's where you look for less hustlers, more subject matter expert. People yes, yes. who have the patience mm-hmm. to keep the keep the bug going for months and months and who can do repetitive work. In startups, yes. generally, the culture is that people move on from one project to another, another project to the third one, yes. and then they keep on changing roles, changing projects. Yes. So, uh, I think, uh, personally speaking, from my experience and from what I have seen over uh, last eight years, yeah. culture fit is nothing but it is more about uh, changing culture. And I think where where people where, uh, I would, my suggestion to people who are uh, uh, actually looking at cultural fits and, and people who are self-evaluating them, whether they are culturally fit for a particular organization. It's more, the better word would be whether you're evolving with the needs of the organization. Right. Okay. if that if evolving nature and evolution uh, is in sync with somebody's, uh, say, professional outcome or somebody's professional journey or somebody's professional ambition then right. everybody is a cultural fit in every organization. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way things have progressed from where it was in, say, 15 years back, yeah. things are very fast-paced right now. Yes. You are seeing uh, the stock markets being at all-time high. Our bank uh, returns are at all-time low, and that is where people are putting money into the markets. And, and then now, even Indian economy has opened up for the startups to list for IPOs and everything. So yes. things have become more fast-paced than what they were earlier. So there is no culture which is particularly defined as in black and white. It is a very gray area. And when it is a gray area, it is more like people should evolve with evolving needs of the organization. That is what a cultural fit means to me.
1: Right, right. So it's it's a common goal that all of us are approaching towards. And then the similar kind of a thinking that comes across the organization for the betterment and then to achieve the common goals. So that could be varying at a given point in time. And that also keeps maybe changing at any point in time based on what the organization needs are. So aligning to that and then moving forward is what you're kind of mentioning that there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, well said about that uh, diversity and the, the cultural fit. It was a very detailed uh, explanation, Ashish. Thanks for that. And I just also uh, wanted to know from you that uh, uh, in case of the hiring managers, how can hiring managers or uh, the what we generally call them as the people managers make sure that uh, they are hiring for meaningful and uh, shared values rather than superficial factors like uh, the similarities between them or to make the diversity graph uh, like look more appealing?
0: So basically hiring managers, what I said earlier is, I mean, you need to be self-trained in the skill set which you are hiring for so it wouldn't be a superficial sort of an interview and basically you know uh, from earlier times right now things have evolved to evaluate people in, in not just one single round of interview or evaluate people in one single conversation there are multiple conversations and multiple conversations with multiple stakeholders why because a person is not just expected to Uh, self-deliver within the organization but he has to work within cross-functional team get things done there are times when a person cannot do just things himself but has to coordinate with things to coordinate with people to actually deliver projects that is where uh, a lot of uh, evaluation not just one is of course the hard skill part of it which is non-compromisable which is where i believe that the hiring, that the person should be 100% proficient. If somebody is being hired for uh, development, he should know what development is. That is one. That is That should be 10 on 10. What other things which wherein uh, a, people, a person can be developed is cross-functional coordination, but it should be at least 7 on 10. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in our roles, whenever we start our careers, there are none of the roles wherein you don't have to talk to people to get things, and none of the roles exist in any of the organization where a single person is just single-handedly doing things. That does not happen in the real world. So, uh, and then the third is uh, when I uh, third is coordination within the team. Yeah. How how that person is within the team? How and and that is and what is the pro- problem solving approach? So, problem solving approach technical and functional. Technical is one aspect of it, having a functional problem-solving approach in terms of how does he resolve conflict? How does he uh, resolve uh, uh, any negotiations within the team or within cross-functional team to get things ahead? So technical aspect is like something which which our hiring managers should definitely evaluate. On the functional side, on the behavioral side, it should be more instance and case-based discussion which should follow and which should uh, be used to evaluate a person rather than evaluation of a person on a, at a superficial level, as you mentioned, to increase diversity graph or to improve, I mean, to just uh, uh, take a person basis the face value or basis some superficial conversation. Yeah. So more case-based and more situation-based analysis and more situation-based interviews and evaluation framework which should follow. I mean, mm-hmm. one of the key companies, I mean, Amazon does it, the right way, of course, uh, and and integrating that with technical evaluation of the person. I mean, over a scale of uh, uh, on a on a scale of ten, on a scale of say ten or hundred, so uh, 80, 80 or seventy percent should be on technical, and out of the rest thirty percent, ten percent should be on personal uh, uh, conflict resolution or negotiation skills. This ten percent would be basis across functional cross-functional team coordination and 10% would be within team coordination. And it should always be evaluated basis. Some cases, some uh, real life circumstances with a candidate might have faced. And of yeah. course, so that is, that is something which, which I would uh, suggest on uh, in terms of having the correct person to to do the job or having the right hires per se.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I think at the time of, uh, Interviews itself, I think we'll have to just make kind of things clearer, try and understand, go deep to them and then probe the candidate and try and understand whether they're the right kind of a fit for the normalization. And then from there just moving forward, obviously, yes, definitely there is a certain level of grooming that happens for every individual who joins an organization. But with the base in terms of their uh, um, the capabilities of uh, uh, growing, that the base instinct has to be there with the kind of individual who actually joins an organization.
0: And one more uh, route which organizations typically adapt uh, is the internship route. Basically, you right. get two months to see the candidate evaluate him, see yes. his ways of working, and obviously the thought process and problem solving skills. So, all of it can be evaluated. So, that is one of the ways when we are looking for, say, any growth leadership program. For example, many organizations have got ETL, has got this young leader program where they mm-hmm. hire from campus. So, then it is more like you you keep you take some interns you evaluate them for a couple of months and then put them into uh, a normal course of uh, their roles and also one one aspect of it is like if you are hiring, given all the criteria that I mentioned has been adhered in hiring. So the second aspect is also training people, which right. every organization should invest in. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to hiring freshers, there has to be a certain amount of investment for of At least one year in training them, and not expecting an ROI from them within the first year, but training them and evaluating them at every, say, every quarter or every stage of training, to see that whether it has helped them grow and uh, grow and nurture, uh, and and make them ready for the role what they have opted for.
1: Right. Right. I think you said it right. The internship is actually a, a good opportunity for both for the organization as well as the intern to just yeah. see the, the best fit there. It's a, it's, a, it's a good model that most of the startups are actually taking up. And we see that a lot many interns have grown a lot. Even in our organization, uh, there are a good number of interns that we give an opportunity to. And then the way that their capabilities are, they have really grown very well. And then we kind of offer them to just be a full time uh, 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 for in the organization. Right. Okay. So uh, when we're just talking about the uh, the branding, uh, Ashish. So what is your take on uh, employer branding? And in your opinion, do you feel that uh, it is equally as important as uh, branding the products and services? Because we spend a lot of uh, time, money, ideas, energy in terms of uh, branding products and services, right? Is the employer branding also equally important there?
0: So when you're looking to hire the right talent, the best talent in the market, and if any employer calls up, say fixes up a first level of conversation and then everything is through and and people have to just sign off and the offer and everything. So unless and until somebody knows a background about the organization, it is very difficult for that person to make a decision. And uh, that is where employer branding comes into picture. And employer branding is not just something wherein uh, we are just doing it for the heck of it, but it is to attract the right set of talent. Just the way we brand product and services to attract our customers. So in case of an, in case of a company, uh, 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 say an employee is not, I mean, demand and supply, though however however, uh, big supply of talent we might have in India, but having the right talent with right skill set, if we have, we have to attract them, Employer branding is a necessity. And uh, we can look at, I mean, there are so many companies. I mean, people go to Google because everybody knows Google. They have done the right Right. kind of branding. They have projected that they are the most diverse company on earth. They are the most flexible company on earth. And how do we know that? They have branded themselves that way. They have propagated this through various ways and means. I mean, uh, and and, uh, so that is where it's not just about product and services. It is also about if if uh, the company is looking at the right growth trage- trajectory, nurturing future leaders, hiring the right set of talent to uh, augment their growth trajectory, then that is where employer branding comes into picture. And it can be done via various channels. I mean, there are ample number of examples for it, but this is a necessity in the current
1: times. Right, right. Because you said it right, because when, when we just get some of the... Uh, the people applying for our organization also uh, when we just ask them okay how did you get to know about us they said that they've done proper research about an organization and they just come uh, come and attend an interview so even uh, that is definitely important because the presence how we actually put it on multiple medias and then how we actually project ourselves as an organization makes a huge difference to get the right talent you put it across very well yeah okay Th- thanks uh, Ashish for uh, being with us and then sharing your Viewpoints on the discussion points that we had, and I'm sure this will definitely add a lot of value to our listeners. Thank you so much, and I uh, wish you all the best. Stay safe, ashish
0: Thanks. It was great interacting with
1: you. Same here. Same. Here. All the best. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.